Well, we're in our series entitled Spirit of Truth. And um, tonight we're going to look at some things in, in a little bit deeper way. We, we've talked about, talked a lot about just the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not a thing. He's not some figure of someone's imagination. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a he. He's a person. He, the Holy Spirit, is what the scripture says. Somebody says, well, why don't you, why don't you call him a she? Because the Bible calls him a he. And I even looked that up in the original. <laughs> and the original calls him a he. Amen? So he's a he. Because the Bible says he's a he. And he, the Holy Spirit, is in in our foundational scripture in John 14, he, the Holy Spirit, is named in four different ways, um, four different personalities, actually, in, uh, in the Amplified Bible, it's translated that way, and in the literal Greek, that's the way that it translates out, as counselor, as helper, as comforter, as intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. He's all those things to us. And so, We've been in, in, in the series for a while. We're going to just stay on it for a while because I, I feel like it's vital that we get more and more and more of it. Um, uh, quick note, um, since you're here tonight, you, you'll know for the first time, but our Word First conference is in January. You'll see more details as we put things up and, and whatever, but just if you're here tonight, you can think about it and mark your calendars. It's January 3rd, 4th, and 5th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And <clears throat> our speakers are um, Eric Holler. And uh, some of you know Maceo Smith. Uh, he was here at our celebration on the Sunday morning. He'll be here. And I'm speaking on Sunday morning this year. And then we have Roxanne Alexander. She'll be here also for our four speakers for Word First. Amen? So, <clears throat> you can mark your calendars and make sure you come and you're here because we're excited about it. It's going to be a great time, as it always is. Amen? So, <clears throat> tonight, we're talking about the spirit of truth. And as I was praying about it this week, I felt that I needed to share what I'm going to share tonight to to interject something about the Holy Spirit's help. And I want, I want you to, th I, want to, I want to think about him tonight, ultimately as the helper. Because if you, if you have one of those seven words that really describe him the best, I have to believe that, it's the, is, that he is the helper. But tonight I want to look at him also as our advocate and as our intercessor. Um, an advocate would be like he's your attorney. And um, if, if you have some, if you're in a court case and your attorney lays everything out for you and what needs to be done, and you look at your attorney and say, you know what, I'm tired of this, I don't want to fight this anymore, just, let's just give up. If you give up, in, in, w w with, a, with a legal attorney, then he really has no power and ability to help you whatsoever. 
Everybody got that picture? And if you and I are living our lives waiting on the Holy Spirit to do things, and that means that we're doing nothing, so he's the helper, and if he's helping you do nothing, what do you think that's accomplishing? Anyway, we started the message out tonight like that. Think about it. Tonight, what we're looking at and what we're going to talk about is fighting for, the, for truth. Um, you and I have to see that we're in a fight, but the big major question is, what are we fighting? What is the battle that we need to be in? Because if you're fighting battles that you don't need to be fighting, you're fighting losing battles. We want to be in the battle that God has for us. And so, Scripture's real clear, and so we're just going to go through and read a number of Scriptures. Tonight, I want to look at John 14 again, verse 16. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Jesus said to his disciples, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, that he may remain with you forever. That's who we have. If you're born again tonight, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you forever. He's in you forever. Your your human spirit and the Holy Spirit are one, and it'll be that way forever. Can you say amen to that? However, when in, uh, in John 16, 13, John 16, 13, and this is in the New King James, However, when He, the the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. The Spirit of truth, His job is to reveal all truth to you and I. That's what He's here to do. He's inside of us, and and so when when your eyes see something, your ears hear something, when your taste bud tastes something, when something comes in through your five physical senses, and it tries to tell you something, and it goes against the truth, the Holy Spirit is in us to reveal what the truth is about everything that we face. Everything. I don't care what you're up against tonight. I don't care what you face. Everybody, everybody's going to face something because we live in a world of turmoil. And so we live in it, but we don't have to allow the turmoil to control and wreck our lives. But you will deal with it. And if you don't do anything, then the helper can do absolutely nothing because he's not the doer, he's the helper. He can only help what we're doing. But what's so good about him and his different personalities that we just read about, what's so good about those is, is that it covers everything in our life and we don't have to do anything on our own. He's there to help me in everything I do. And I don't know about you, but I think I've been born again long enough to figure out that his help is all I need. But I've come to the realization that I need help. Some people think if you need help from something you can't see, then you're weak. So think weak all you want, but it produces results. Can you say amen to that? 
So he's here to reveal all truth. He, he, he is all of those things to us. He's our helper in all these different ways. He reveals all truth to us. And tonight, I want to read this verse of Scripture, and I want to relate it to what we're talking about tonight, and it's found in 1 Timothy 6 and 12. <clears throat> First six words. In 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't say fight your neighbors. He didn't even say fight the devil. He said fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are also called, which you were Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What we're acknowledging tonight is that the Holy Spirit is helping us, and He's telling us and showing us and revealing to us how to fight the fight of faith in everything that we face. Two things that most people would say are predominant in their life, I mean, the, 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 the two main issues, let's just say, in life that people deal with where they struggle with faith in these two areas, and that's in their finances and in their health. I would, I would say if there's two areas that peop, people struggle with the most, it would be those two areas. Just say this tonight by faith. That's not me. Or you can say it and know it. I, I, I'm not saying that there's not something that may come against my physical body, something attack my finances or, or whatever, some situation arise, that it wouldn't startle me or try to, to put fear on me or get me into fear if some situation happened. I'm not saying that wouldn't happen, but I don't have to tolerate that and give in to that. And I have the helper to reveal truth to me and show me that the greater one is in me and he has the answer for everything. Amen. I don't care what it is. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So he's saying you have a fight and you've got to fight the fight, but actually the fight that we're in is a winning battle. It's just that faith has to be developed. You can't win this battle of fighting the fight of faith if you don't develop faith. If you're born again, you were dealt a measure of faith. Everybody the same measure of faith. But what you do with it, how you develop it, will determine whether it works for you day to day. But he said it's a fight. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 and 9, another reminder of what we have against us. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Do what to him? Resist him. How? In faith. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Everybody goes through the same types of things. Everybody's circumstances are different because no one lives identical lives. 
But everybody goes through the same situation, same types of situations. So he said, and he's revealed to us, that we're in a fight of faith, but we have an adversary, the devil, who, who, who is roaming around, listen to me, he's roaming around looking for someone that will not respond to him in faith. He's looking for weak, faithless people who have not developed faith. Everybody's been dealt a measure of faith. You don't do anything with your faith, and we're going to talk in a minute how we do that. You don't do anything with your faith, then that's who he's looking for, because what will happen is you won't stay in the faith fight. You'll get over into the flesh fight. Because if you're not in the, fle- in the faith fight, you're in the flesh fight. I'll say it again. If you're not in the faith fight, you'll be in the natural fight. And it's all those things out there that he stirs up and causes to be stirred up to get you moved by so that you're not in faith in God, in the things that you're up against and that you face. So I want you to think about these next two verses, these two passages of Scripture. And, and, and in these and, and a couple of more, I want to talk about, just give you an outline of how the Holy Spirit is helping us and how we're putting that to work every day. In um, 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians 9 and 26. Paul said, therefore I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I've preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So he's saying a lot here, and we're not going to focus on a few things that we could talk about tonight. But what he's talking about is fighting with intention and purpose. Not just beating the air, but let's hit the target. Let's punch and land our punches. He said in in this last part of, of verse 27, he said, lest I preach to others that I myself should become disqualified. So in other words... What God doesn't want is, and I'll tell you this, this is what your adversary, I want you to think about this tonight, this is what your adversary has to use against you right here. What the enemy has to use against us is him making accusations about us, saying Well, they say one thing, but they do something else. That's what he has to work against you with. In other words, you're talking about being in the fight of faith, but not developing your faith in the midst of the battles. The things that you and I battle day to day, things that that 
we find ourselves in day to day are, are battles, but God wants us to develop faith in the midst of those battles. He doesn't want us, you know, He doesn't want you being in some type of a struggle and, relert, and, and reverting to the flesh to get answers. He wants you getting answers from Him. He wants you declaring what He says day to day and you becoming convinced that what He's promised is more real than what it looks like is going to happen in the natural. That's what the devil is banking on based on this scripture right here. He's banking on the fact that you're not going to really get this and believe this. And so, yeah, you'll talk it for a while, but I promise you, you won't talk about faith and God and His Word when it's not working for you. After a while, you'll get discouraged. Well, you know what? That faith thing really doesn't work, and that Word thing really doesn't work, and, and you get discouraged, and you throw in the towel, and you just decide to quit. And I promise you that through the years, 30 years of pastoring, I've seen so many more quitters then I've seen people that will stick with it and stay with it. Why? Because even though it's simple, it's not easy. Did you hear what I said? Faith is a simple thing. It's simple what you do. You just you learn to not be moved by what you see, but only by what you know. Very, very simple. Okay? But it's, it's very very simple to exercise your faith, but it's not easy because you have to stay with it. You, you can't back off and quit just because it appears like it's not working. It appears like your prayers are not being answered. It appears like that, that what you're believing for is not happening today. And when you can stand in faith and believe that what God has promised is more real than the way it looks today, believing that it's going to manifest tomorrow, next week, next year, whenever it happens, you stay with that and you will see it. And then what will happen is you'll believe that this thing works. You'll believe that this lifestyle is real because it's not, it's not just a set of principles that we're trying to get make happen. It's a lifestyle. It's a relationship. It's a connection with God that will see you through any and everything in life that you face. I don't care what it is. Anything. So we're not going to be people that just beat the air. We're going to land our punches. Can you say amen? Because we're in a fight. We are in the midst of a fight that really matters. It's life and death. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Ephesians says we, we, we don't battle flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness. It's the demonic forces, the unseen realm that's out there, that is where the real battle is. But the devil works overtime, and see, the reason that he can is because he's in the unseen realm, and he manipulates things in the natural realm. 
He has no power and ability. The Bible says the Son of God was created to destroy all the works of the devil, and he did. What Calvary accomplished was total destruction. Now, the reason it looks like in the earth that the enemy has the upper hand in in different ways is because people haven't learned how to live by faith in God. Because when we're living by faith in every area of our life, it shuts him down because he's already shut down. The only ability that he has is what we give him by believing what we see is more real than what God's word says is true. That's the promise of Abraham. For 24 years, Abraham had to develop faith and get to a place where what God had promised him was going to come to pass even though he was in his 90s and his wife was in her late 80s. Even though at those ages, you think it's impossible for two people. This wasn't, this wasn't a, a, a Mary, you know, th- this wasn't a Mary and the Holy Spirit situation. This was a 90-plus-year-old man and woman got together and they had a kid impossible in the natural, so you say. He had to get to a place of quit trying to help God and have an affair with his wife's maid and, and, and trying to make these kind of things happen and lying and not being honest about certain things. He had to get some things worked out in his life so that he didn't just talk about living for God, but he really developed it. And you know what? Today, in this dispensation of time, God is so merciful and he's so patient and he will wait until you get it. Hmm? He'll wait till you get it. In our, in our men's class that we're doing, there's some real challenges in this men's class this, this time that are, to me, some of the most profound and supernatural truths for men that I've ever heard that I've ever heard in all, all my years of being saved and, and, and hearing and, and ministering truths to men. It's been the most impacting um, series that we've done for men. Profound. And um, just some tools, you know, some reminder tools. See the rubber band on my, on my arm? I don't know what that's for. Come to the men's class. No, it's not even worth talking about because it would take too long. But there are things that God is teaching us so that we don't find ourselves in life disqualified from being able to minister life to somebody and it really work. I mean, I'm in this thing for the long haul. I'm in it for the long haul to see everybody coming into the kingdom of God and and everybody being born again. That's what he said. God God said, I don't desire that any perish, but all come to the saving now. I'm in it, man. I'm in it for the long haul. Everywhere I go, everything I do, it's all about seeing people one to God. But you'll never do it if you're not in the fight. And you can't succeed in the fight if the helper's not helping. you got to be doing something day to day. 
you got to be putting one foot in front of the other. You've got to develop a daily routine of the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can work with you in what needs to be developed and applied to your life and through your life so that it's not only effective to you, but it's coming out of you to others. Nobody that got born again, that that ever got born again, the day they got born again, had any clue what the life with Jesus was going to be like. You had no clue. You had no clue what you were going to walk through. I can't tell you how many people through the years have told me, made this statement to me. You know, things didn't start happening bad until I started coming to church and hearing the Word. Uh, Yeah. Why is that? Because all of a sudden you're a bullseye. Hmm? You're on the enemy's target, and he's coming after you to try to, you know convince you that it's better out there than it is in God. And I'm just telling you tonight, it's not. I mean, we can, people can think it is, and you can talk all day long, and don't, don't argue with people about it, you know? Don't argue. Don't spend your time arguing with people. Spend your time making sure that your connection with God is real, because when your connection with God is real, it'll just ooze out of your pores, like we talked about on Sunday, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And there's a f- sweet, fragrant aroma that, that permeates off of the person that's living victorious, that's overcoming in every situation of life. And I'll just tell you right now, if, I, if, if we have the ability to overcome, then I expect to overcome every situation. Right? How many have some situations in your life? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm just asking you this question. How many have some situations that you haven't overcome yet? But we're overcoming. Right? But why? Because we're developing our faith in the fact that he did what he said he, he did. He accomplished what he said that he accomplished. And my faith is in that. And there's not anything that he didn't already take care of. So before you screwed up and you did something you shouldn't have done, he already paid for it. And that's what we have to be convinced. That's that. See, that's what, when I'm convinced of that, then when I do make mistakes, I'm drawn to him, not away from him. That's what we need. We have to have. And the Holy Spirit is in our lives to help us to understand what that looks like and how to do that all the time. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we're seeing here that this warring is the same as beating the air. Warring in the flesh is the same thing as just beating the air. Never landing a punch. Because our war is not with flesh and blood. Your neighbor is not your problem. 
And who's your neighbor? Anybody that's not you. No human being is your problem. Nobody. I'm going to say it again. No human being is your problem. And when a human is where you're focused, you're beating the air, and you are warring in a situation in the flesh, and it will not produce. Just plain and simple. We've all done it. Maybe even today. We've all been focused on what someone else has done or somebody else is doing or what someone else said or how their attitude is here or whatever. Our focus is right there. But I'm telling you, they're not the problem. They're not the problem. Where you and I have to learn to step into what God has for us is letting Him help us to war in the areas that we need warring in, in the supernatural. Now, he's our advocate, and he's our intercessor. I want to read these two verses of Scripture. You remember these, because I'm coming back. I'm not through with a couple others, and I'm coming back to that 2 Corinthians 10, but I want to read these two. First one's found in Hebrews 7, 25, therefore, Hebrews 7 and 25, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Now, I don't know how long you've been in the church or whatever, but I've been in the church in my 18th year of living is when I got born again. I knew nothing about church life until I was 18. And when I turned 18, I came into the church. And for the first, I don't know how many years, for the first maybe 10 years of being in the church, there were things that the church identified as warfare, warring against certain things. We would have certain types of prayer meetings and things where, where we ward. I'm not talking about prayer meetings that don't work. I'm talking about, I mean, I mean, that work. I'm talking about prayer meetings that don't work. I'm talking about things that we called warfare and intercession that was no more warfare and intercession than, you know, a game of golf is. It was not producing. And, and the reason is, is because some of those some of those groupings and, and, and kind of cliques in the body of Christ at that time, they had started real, but they got off. And the way you get off is when you try to intercede without the help from the intercessor. He's the intercessor. He's the advocate. The, the, the next verse is found in 1 John 2.1. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, he's, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is the righteous one. So as the intercessor and the advocate, he's like our advocate where intercession is concerned. And when we learn how to pray correctly, as we pray in the Spirit and then we pray with the understanding 
The understanding should produce words that affect the things in the heavenlies and let principalities and powers know you're defeated. You know why? Because now you're not dealing with Burt Wimberly. You're dealing with Jesus Christ himself because of the anointing that is from the Holy Spirit that's on me. I'm saying what he would say if he was standing here. So if I'm declaring what he says is so, then it's so and I can have everything I say. See, and every devil has to bow its knee every time I say something if what I'm saying is what he would say. And the only way I can get what he would say in that situation, I'm not just talking about picking some scripture or a portion of passage of scripture, you know, out of scripture and just declaring that and hoping it's going to stick and, and, and it'll matter. No, what I need to be saying is what I'm getting from him in the moment. And when I'm in faith and I've been fighting this fight of faith, and I've been developing a confidence in God where my physical body's concerned, where my finances are concerned, where my family's concerned, where my health is concerned, where fear is concerned, and I've been in that fight, then when I come against something that's trying to get the best of me, the only way that I can speak something that's going to actually work is if I'm speaking what the Holy Spirit is giving me because I've developed my ability to hear His voice and then say it. So when I say it, it's like Jesus was saying it. And if it's not like that, then I'm still in the developing mode. Because when Jesus speaks, it happens. We don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore. Now we know him by the Spirit who lives in us. Right? And if that's the case, then if I'm out here just playing around and boxing the air and never hitting and never, never nailing situations and never realizing exactly what it is that I'm dealing with, one of the things that causes most people to become discouraged is that they don't really know what they're dealing with when they're up against something. Okay, so let's just find it out. Right? If somebody is struggling in the financial realm, why? Why? Do you just need more money? Not if you're frivolously spending money and doing things with money that aren't, aren't what God would want you to do. So you have to learn through the Word of God how to begin to tap into the economy of God. And we know, because what we teach around here, that that begins with learning to be a tither because you want to be. Not because the church is pressuring you or somebody else is pressuring you, but you want to be a tither because that's what God says. Then when you believe that and you begin to understand that it's not just tithing, but it's seed sowing, and what you're doing is sowing seed into the ground, into good ground, that's producing harvest, then all of a sudden, now your monies and what you do with money in your life is flowing through Him. So, if the tithe is 10%, and let's just say another 10% of your finances you sow into ministry or however God shows you to sow that money, as that 20%, many people think, well, there's no way that I could live where I'm honoring God with 10% and sowing 
There's no way that I could live with that 20% not being used for my day-to-day means. Only time in the Bible that God tells you to prove Him is in the tithe. Prove me. That I will not make sure that not only will your needs get met, but supernaturally things will come to you in ways that you never could have imagined or figured out. See, why am I saying that? Because this is the fight of faith. See, you have to be in the fight of faith and trusting God to release 10% of your income and believe that that's God. Where do you bring it? To the storehouse. What does the Bible call the storehouse? The house of God, which is the church in the New Testament, the body of Jesus Christ, where we come like we are tonight to be fed the word of God. And as we honor with the tithe and we do it out of obedience to the word, we've got all teachings and stuff on this. You know, you you all know that. Most of you do. But because, because you do and you obey and you learn to develop that and you become convinced of it, now you're in the faith fight to get over the hump of things financially in your life. See, because now you're not trying to fix your issue or problem in the flesh because that's not your battle. Your battle is getting to the root of that. And then as you're doing that with money, then the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you, you know what? You You don't necessarily need all this. And you don't need to spend your money over here in this thing or that thing. He'll begin to redirect. God wants you blessed. He wants you to enjoy what you have. But, he, but, but so many people's lives, everything's like going down the drain. The way that they spend because nobody's ever taught them. And a lot of the church was afraid to teach for years and years because the church didn't want people to think that they wanted their money. Anywhere else that you spend money, they want it. I got five reminders today on my iPad. K-Pub, they want my money. They sent me my first bill of the month to, let, to remind me you owe this amount of money. They want my money. They're not sending me a reminder because they're, because they're good people. I mean, I'm not saying the people at K-Pop aren't good people. They're probably good people, all of them. But not just to be nice. They want my money. And they don't want me to be late. And the whole world is caught up in that. If you get these things right in the church, then in the natural realm, things will change. It's that way where your physical body is concerned. It's that way where your family is concerned, your relationships, your marriage relationships. It's that way in every area of life. If we get his plan and we don't fight it and try to make it happen in the flesh, but we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal what truth is and we begin to put that to work, there's no end to what can be accomplished. Can you say amen to that? No end to what can be accomplished. So remember tonight, it's not flesh and blood. That's not what we're up against. But we're bringing every thought captive. That's between your ears is the major battleground. That's the battleground. 
And the weapons to do battle with that are not of the flesh are spiritual weapons of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Me declaring what the Word of God says, my mind beginning to be convinced that what God says is more real than, than, than truths I've known about other things in the past. And when I apply that on a day-to-day basis, and I don't quit, I get the results. And God is faithful to making sure I get it. John eight thirty one. Then Jesus said to these disciples who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. What did we read earlier? Who reveals the truth to us? Holy Spirit. You shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will make you free. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to spend all my time. It's in the truth. Examples that I just gave you tonight about certain circumstances or situations in your life, you've got to find it in the Word. You have to be convinced of it. You can't do something just because you heard it preached. You can take what you hear preached. You should take it, let it influence you, apply it to your life, but find out whether it's real or not. And when you know it's real and you begin to apply it, watch what will happen. Just watch what will happen. You know how many times that I've... I was on on the phone with somebody two days ago, and they were asking me about why are all these things happening in their life. And the first place I went to them was, so what's your daily routine look like? And they said, what's that? What are you talking about? Like like exercise and workout? (laughs) Not first. Exercise is good. The Bible says it profits a little. But first and foremost, I need to be in a daily routine of the Word of God. And as I was telling this person about being in the Word of God and applying the Word of God that way, it was just like I was speaking in a foreign language. It just didn't didn't compute. And this person knew the Word years ago and called me because things weren't working and asked me, what do I do? How how do I get into this? And, And the truth of the matter is, That in the seed of the word itself is everything that every situation in your life needs. It's already in the seed itself. In an apple seed is all the bushels, however many bushels that will come out of that. And all of those are in that one little seed. Looks like almost impossible for that to be that way. But that's the way it is. It'll create a tree and produce all these bushels. In the seed of the word. And I declare, he said, he said in this 830, um, 831, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You have to work that out. You have to believe that you need to spend more time in the word than you spend in everything else in life. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the truth of God's word that will liberate things that are not right in your life. If you're trying to change, if you're trying to change things in your life on a day-to-day basis, you're in the flesh and it won't work. I'm just saying this in closing. The devil is serious 
about hurting you. He is serious about hurting you and making sure that you don't believe and understand what this faith walk is like. He wants you hurt. He wants things stirred up, things not working right. He wants you questioning God on a, on a constant day-to-day basis, not really believing that it can happen. And I promise you, like I said, the way God set all of this up, and it's the reason so many people miss it, because it seems too simple. It's simple, but it's not easy. You have to stay with it. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to develop what a routine in God really is and what it really looks like. Um, So tonight, I just leave you with this thought. If God can truly live on the inside of me by the person of the Holy Spirit, and I can believe that for all these years, then he can help me. But if I can be talked out of it, he can't help me. Because the doing nothing that the Holy Spirit, actually, the Holy Spirit won't get involved with something that is going nowhere. He's not going to help somebody. The Holy Spirit is not going to help somebody that's doing nothing. He'll help somebody that's struggling, but he won't help somebody that won't do anything. Because if he's helping your nothing, it's still nothing. Did you hear what I said? Because we're, we're talking about he's not helping himself. He's all good. But he's here to truly help us. So many people say that they're waiting on him. I can't wait on him. I have to learn and begin to do the things that I hear preached and apply those and then watch him come on what you're doing and overtake that. And then what you're doing in the natural becomes supernatural. That's why we can't just sit there and do nothing. We have to do something. Can you say amen to that tonight? And I'm telling you, if he told us we can fight the fight of faith, then we can do it. We can do it every single time. I don't care how many times you fall down. I don't care how many mistakes you make. I don't care how difficult it appears to be. Just get back up and keep moving. Just keep moving. Keep doing. Keep doing.